1: This is Make it
2: point.
1: Point. Make it
0: kind. M.I.P. with Massimella Matsumo, Mark, Mark Thompson. Make it kind. Get
1: woke, folks. You're going to be as excited as I am once you hear from our guest. He is standing in the 2022 Senate election in Kentucky, he ran in the primary last year and was just you know by a very thin margin in fact i believe if he had jumped in even earlier we probably would be having a different conversation right now but even at the last minute when he was able to get in he made a big big difference um and i think for a change obviously he's in a position to represent kentuckians in a stronger way than kentuckians have ever been represented if he gets elected we'll see how we can help him former state representative charles booker joins us from louisville brother how are you man welcome hey reverend how you doing brother it's good to be with you it's it's good to have you with us man so the the campaign is underway so this this is going to be you and and Rand paul but first of all let me ask you this do you have other opponents is this going to be a primary or this is it's just you well you know one thing i was taught early
2: on is you don't take anything for granted Okay. but I'm, I'm proud to tell you that at this moment in time it's us and Rand Paul. Um okay. everyone that's been considering running has said no nah, we're going
1: to support charles so we're building this big coalition early and uh, we're going to beat him. that's good that's good What well, talk to us a little bit about the, the demographics of kentucky because i don't think anybody really knows about that clearly you're an african-american kentucky has a sizable african-american population and a white population that has a great deal in common with the African American pop population, we talking about middle class folk, which nowadays Charles we all know middle class really means working poor, right? Yeah, that's that's very true. So the Commonwealth of Kentucky, which
2: you know people will say it's a red state, um, they're not looking deep enough. Uh, Kentucky is a disenfranchised state, it's a marginalized state, it's an ignored and abandoned state. Uh, we have been one of the most disenfranchised states in the country, and as far as our demographics now. Um, Louisville, which is the largest metropolitan area, um, has a black and brown population that is close to 30%. But for the state, um, state is around 90% white. And on a good day, uh, I say it's around eight or 9% black. And so the the story that we have to tell, which is what you just lifted up, is one of common bonds and common struggles. And the fact that we can fight to address structural racism and inequity by looking at the, the challenges that plague us all and that's exactly what we're doing in this campaign
1: um and I, I should should have looked at this but you can probably speak to it more succinctly what speaking of those common bonds what were the numbers like last year both in the primary and in general how much how close was it and and how many white kentuckians join black kentuckians in voting for democrats so in the last election cycle
2: for my candidacy um we came within uh 2.8 points um which was significant because we were getting outspent over 50 to 1. um and when you look at the map particularly in jefferson county i had the largest turnout in history um so we surpassed president obama in the historic 2008 run But across Kentucky and rural areas, we were winning counties that they were not expecting Democrats to do well in at all. And it was really because of this message of cutting through the partisan divide, speaking about the truth in a real way. And so there is a very real path. The last thing I'll tell you is Kentuckians are not really engaged in the political divides the way people think. It's more about being able to trust someone that's representing them. People of Kentucky don't trust government and they are tired of the establishment robbing and screwing them a lot of the people that voted for donald trump voted for bernie sanders as well
1: so there's this through line that is bigger than the partisan divide and we've been ignoring that now in in terms of those numbers though in your race did they hold in the general where there's parts of kentucky that were more democratic than we're expected to against mcconnell now there
2: was a different story in the general election brother and and that's why i'm running this race uh, a lot of people that felt a, a lot of hope and inspiration for my candidacy um, felt a lot of frustration uh they felt like the establishment was really blocking me out and blocking them out and you saw that at the ballot box you know and so we're running a turnout style campaign now that's not going to take people for granted you know we're talking about the issues in a real way and I put out a call for volunteers for this campaign when I launched in July. We have over 10,000 people from every county already signed up, taking action with us.
1: You know, and I hear you on that. And let me, let me try to say this. I don't want to put anybody down. I'm going to say this tactfully since you're here. I'm not going to talk the way I normally would talk. You know, there was this thing, man. This is this thing. You got to provide an alternative. Yeah. You can't run as a Democrat trying to not sound too different from the republican you are running against i mean that just I, and i think i don't think that moves people right uh, and again i do not put anybody down but i mean everybody else is talking about just what happened in virginia you, you got to have enthusiasm and motivation and 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 freshness you know uh and and obviously that's what i mean that's why you did ain't nobody just supposed to run up how much time lead time did you have to come within The close margin for that primary you didn't have a lot of time and look what you did yeah you know what's
2: remarkable about what we did in a short amount of time so i actually launched my exploratory in october of the year before um i was helping to make sure we elected a democratic governor um but once we got in that race a lot of folks didn't even know it so we were getting blocked out nationally so for about four months people didn't even think there was a primary but we were organizing We were building volunteers across Kentucky, and so we were able to outpace the big money machine because we were meeting people. And even folks that voted for Trump that were organizing with me because they felt like finally somebody gives a damn about us. And so that's the powerful part because now we're getting in the race early. And not only are we the front runner, but we have a broad coalition across the board that's saying we know Charles has a vision. And you're right, man. If you don't have a vision to inspire people to believe Things can be different if you're not meeting people where they are, right. if you're not addressing the needs that people have, it doesn't matter how much money you put up, you're not gonna win.
1: More MIP after this message, yeah. And people don't want to see the same old segment. I see that, yeah. folks. That was see, Charles got to be a template for everybody because what Charles did that's what I'm saying that showed your, your success, showed the thirst. For that something inspiring something new not the same old same old and i mean that that really needs to be a, a all these races folk need to think about that yeah you folk, folk don't folk don't want to ah, well we're just gonna be cool and we're not gonna uh-uh <laughs> that's not that's not what's gonna get it so uh, again let me be tactful again because there's a lot of things i'm not gonna say why are you here man the two senators y'all got now brother <laughs> i don't even you now your what? man ran running around saying uh, dr fauci needs to go to prison but but so but let's be real though there's a segment though that has been radicalized in that way Mm -hmm. with the help of fox and every place else right i mean right there is something what what do you do do you also have somewhat of a duty to still speak to those people in a way to let them know y'all this that ain't how you act that's not you don't do that. I mean, it, 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 does do you have to also invoke a sense of morality from from where you are, from where you from your point of view in campaigning? Um, absolutely.
2: This campaign is bigger than just winning a race. Um, we are trying to tell a new story. Um, this is about a path to healing in a real sense. This is about dealing with the deep ills that we've ignored. And in a lot of ways, to your point, it requires leadership, which is what I am stepping into to go into those spaces, those communities, even if they've been hardcore Republicans, folks that have really just bought into all the racism and the hate that's being weaponized and to speak the truth and to show up and shine that light. And what I'll tell you is when I do it, the response is always, thank you. Nobody ever cares about us. Nobody ever came to
1: see us and tell us the truth. And and speaking of that truth, uh, obviously, Rand Paul has has been in denial about COVID and everything else. We we know what. How how has that has that impacted greatly the COVID situation in Kentucky, uh, or or have people you know kind of been uh, 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 trying to be responsible, trying to be safe? What what is all of that propaganda done to your yeah. citizenry? Well, you know
2: what I've been explaining to folks about Rand Paul is that he is an unserious politician but he's dangerous in the in the u.s senate i mean what he has done and he's a clown looking out look you ain't got to hold back for my (laughs) at my expense this guy is an absolute joke and the things that he has been doing it has cost lives it has and the the thing that gives me hope though is our governor so we have a democratic governor andy Bashir, has really pushed back on all the. The, the anti vaccination, all all the fear mongering and the hateful rhetoric. And they said, No, nah, we're going to take care of our family. We're going to do right. We're going to keep people safe. And it's helped us bend the curve. And so we've been doing better. Uh, but leadership matters. And, and Rand Paul's leadership, or lack thereof, has been hurting us for too long.
1: So I'm going to help him pack his bags. You've talked too about it, uh, Charles Booker, about a Kentucky New Deal. That's right. Haven't you? Um, Talk to us about that, if you would, uh, and and what that means.
2: You know, a, a Kentucky New Deal is really saying that the people of Kentucky, and this is a model that I believe the whole country needs to step into, that people on the ground have to take control of our future. We have to demand and be the change we want to see in a real way. And what the Kentucky New Deal is leaning into is the hope of the promise that inspired a new deal that said we were going to actually end poverty. We were going to Uh, Invest in communities, we won't leave folks behind from the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Those promises have been broken. We've been left behind. We've been abandoned. And so we're trying to say, how do we cast a vision that lifts up policies that address structural inequity, that end poverty, that help people get on pathways to prosperity. But then how do we build a sustainable future? You know, Kentucky has been like a ground zero in a lot of ways for the ills and the decline of the fossil fuel industry. And a lot of us are sick. You know, I I talk about my health issues as a type one diabetic. How do we help heal our land and take care of our families? A Kentucky New Deal is my vision for doing that. And look, Reverend, I took some notes from Donald Trump. And one thing, look, he's diabolical. And and there's a special place um, in the lake of fire for this guy. (laughs) But one thing that I've understood from Donald Trump is he is a skilled communicator. This man knew how to speak to people and meet them where they were. And he was weaponizing hate and fear, but he was galvanizing people with the message that was simple. They could understand. And I'm doing that in my own right to say our values aren't partisan. We're all fed up. We want to own our future in a Kentucky New Deal is how we do it. So we gave out hats too with Kentucky New Deal on them, and we're seeing Republicans, Democrats,
1: independents standing up with us early. I, I like that. I like Kentucky New Deal more mip after this message you talked about health so i I guess that is is that an overarching concern for most kentuckians even rural white ones it really
2: is it's it's one of those common bonds that i talk about often um in a lot of ways kentucky is is a sick state um cancer rates diabetes um the opioid crisis has really just ravaged us here um, A lot of folks are struggling, you know, and by saying everyone should have quality health care, that's an economic policy, that's a justice oriented policy, and we're seeing overwhelming support for it. Um, that is why the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, was so successful when it was implemented here, because we know we need that. And Rand Paul's been blocking it at every step. Um, you know, he's trying to profit from the pharmaceutical industry, along with Mitch McConnell and we're gonna lead the charge
1: against them because we're fighting for our survival. You mentioned the the, uh, the the poor health rates, but you also mentioned the fossil fuel industry. Is that a result of the fossil fuel industry? Why the the, the, the health is the way it is? Uh, in, in a lot
2: of ways, yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, issues of black lung, um, water being contaminated. There are a lot of parts of Kentucky where people cannot drink the water that comes out of their, their faucet and uh, there's an area so i'm from the hood in the West End of louisville there's an area called rubber town concentration of chemical plants where asthma rates are high cancer rates are high you can rub your finger on the side of a home and have residue on your finger the ponds are contaminated so we're dealing with all these health issues because of exploitation and a kentucky new deal is saying we need to invest in our communities and
1: build a sustainable future and in that y'all hear him talk about the the clean water so this is why you just said water wouldn't Build Back Better do some about the area you're talking about in terms of water and Rand and, and Paul and McConnell don't support that. I mean that would help Kentuckians directly, would it not? Absolutely, Build Back Better
2: is going to help Kentucky um, more than a lot of folks, and we need we need a lot of investment because we've been screwed for so long. But it's going to pump billions of dollars into Kentucky and addressing not only the water infrastructure but internet, which is crap here, right. and the fact that Rand Paul opposed it every step of the way is another indictment on the fact that he doesn't care whether we live or die and we have to get him out of there
1: we've got to solve this riddle and obviously this is true where you are yeah of voters in Kentucky cont- who vote for who who vote for Rand Paul who vote for McConnell voting against their own interest. uh so something Dr. King said I'm sure you're well aware of and, and Bishop Barb and I quote this a lot where he talks about how the, the when after um slave and reconstruction when white working class and black folk could have come together they brought in jim crow mm-hmm. to divide us and so that in, in, and i'm paraphrasing dr king's words so that even when a, a poor white man could not feed himself and his family he ate from that psychological bird jim crow yeah. and at least he could say i'm doing better than the black man but but totally blinded to the fact that and especially in a state like into kentucky's probably ground zero If folks in the same condition it, so yeah. h- how how do we deal with that i mean that's been the struggle since then how he, he said that in montgomery after the march yeah. from selma 1965 how do we move that i mean because really you got to ask somebody y'all supporting people who don't want you to have clean and healthy water or in there what is what's why would you all <laughs> at what point do you say, come on now, you got to we got to get something out of this deal? Yeah. You know, honestly, this is this is the work of my
2: lifetime. This is the work of our generation. This is the continuation of what I believe was the spirit of the Rainbow Coalition. It was the, the spirit of what lifted up the Black Panthers. It It is the work that I call now um from the hood to the holler. This is something that I've lifted up across Kentucky, which is ultimately Black, white, and brown communities coming together on these common struggles so that we are not voting against our interest. And, you know, the thing about it is when a lot of folks are making the decision that is to their detriment, they're not thinking that it's uh, against their interest because of that point you raised. When hate and fear and racism are being weaponized and folks are desperate and think that this is about their survival, what we have to do is let folks know who's really screwing And the thing that hasn't been done for so long, particularly in the Democratic side of the aisle, is going into the communities that we've given up on to actually listen to them and then talk to them and then speak the truth to them. We haven't built community. We've given up on it. And so when I go into these areas that are, you know, hardcore Republican areas and when I go into Democratic strongholds where folks are really taken for granted and I listen to them and then I talk to them. The response is the same People Mm. want things to change. They just don't get the chance. So this campaign is really about lifting them up. We're going to help them tell the story about how we change that dynamic where people are voting against their interests, because we're talking about the issues they care about and then casting a vision for how we can change it in the US Senate. And this is powerful. This is a new Southern strategy. The Kentucky New Deal and how we are engaging communities based on our common bonds and attacking that hate is how we disarm the ills of Jim Crow and of that Southern strategy. And that's what we're doing here.
1: So profound. Let me ask you about this. Uh, Jobs, employment. What's that like these days in Kentucky? Do do, do people have jobs? Are Are there places for them to work? What's
2: happening? you know, there's been some progress here in the last few months um, under again, under the Bashir administration. So I give him credit Um, for just announced a historic investment, uh, several billion dollars that will create thousands of jobs. I mean, it's that's a good step forward. we need to see those jobs and they need to be union jobs. But the thing that has been true for Kentucky, we are poor state. Now, I would never say that my family's poor, because I had too much faith too much love, but we ain't have any money. You know, I am come from one of the poor zip codes in Kentucky. Jobs have left, they have not come back. Um, a lot of people are dealing with generational poverty. And so the struggle cuts across party lines. And again, that's another opportunity for us to say, how do we create a sustainable future and build more local economies so people can have access to not, not just struggling less, but prosperity. And that requires us to deal with reparations it requires us to engage policies that Dr. King spoke about as well, like a guaranteed annual income. It requires us to actually invest in people.
1: Well, I, I appreciate what you're saying about, about reparations and all of that, brother. All of that is um, is is very, very important. So I'm, I can anticipate the question you've already gotten there getting everywhere. What are you going to do about this dysfunctional Senate? Because I think even people who might vote who, who like McConnell have to acknowledge that the senate don't do nothing (laughs) i mean it's just so and then the question becomes you know some people are retiring for that reason we don't want we can't do we can't come up here and and then so what what do you say when people ask you that what can you do what what do you what is what do you see about affecting that institution so you can actually go there
2: and accomplish something you so the reason we're going to win this race is also the reason we will be effective and I will be able to help implement change in the U.S. Senate. We're organizing in a historic way here on the ground. We're building infrastructure, the likes of which Mitch McConnell did over the years when he built the Republican Party to feed within himself. We are engaging in communities. We're training folks in my campaign to be citizen lobbyists, to run for office. So this isn't just about me winning. This is about building a coalition so that when I go to Washington, I'm not going by myself. Now, we are a filibuster removed away from getting a lot of stuff done. We are just a few seats away from getting a lot of stuff done. But the truth that you said is that the Senate is blocking a whole hell of a lot of progress. Um, I need to help empower, not empower, but lift up the voices of people that have been ignored for too long. And if we do that across the country, we'll win more than just seats. Uh, we'll win our future.
1: See, and if I was, see, if I was, if I put on my 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 political consultant hat right now. See that's a commercial right there. Rand Paul has had how many terms to do something and help the Senate function? And he's not done it. I, no. Charles Booker, am here to help make that happen. And then first for Democrats, what ought to motivate Democrats is another Democrat would help build a larger majority. You know, so you could do something. So obviously you agree that the filibuster has to go. You know? Absolutely, has to go. we need to expand the
2: supreme court we need to do what we have to do to do right by the people and i'll tell you if mcconnell gets leadership back he's gonna throw that filibuster out so fast
1: we need to step up right now and do the work of the people that's that's that folks y'all hear that now the brother's right because they they don't they they did it already they showed you that that's why you got on people on the supreme court now they they got rid of it for their judges they're going to do it for everything else so i don't know why Democrats so has and I hope people listen to if you all listen Ch- Charles. I've been with Bishop Barber to uh West Virginia three times, more times than ever plan to go to West Virginia in my life. And and you ain't no joke down there either, brother. That's right. <laughs> that's true. an album. But but I say to people, Charles, if if you all don't believe that they are poor doing bad white folk, go to West Virginia. And what you're describing is the same thing as Kentucky. And you don't you see those stories, and it's like this is this is tragic. Here's the difference, though y'all. Charles is trying to be a senator that actually represents those people. If you and I went to West Virginia today, we'd run up on rural white people who say out loud that Mansion does not represent them. Right. You you got a very similar constituency that you're trying to represent. Mansion is not. And you know if you know what when we move around town, everywhere we'd go, you know, as, you know how something has to be true because every you talk to separate people and they all say the same thing. Everywhere we went, people tell us his story, and they all said the same phrase. And all Mansion does is ride around town in his Porsche. That's what everybody kept saying. So, so I want y'all to understand. If you are listening closely, Kentucky is not a far cry from what people are dealing with in West Virginia. That's right, uh, um, brother. I'm so I'm so uh, proud of you and glad you're doing this. You, I didn't live in Kentucky, uh, couldn't vote there, but I was inspired. I was like, what you make me want to. I thought I had a whole different. Outlook about Kentucky when you announced your run, and I think a lot of people felt that way. Um, tell before we go. Tell us a little bit about your. You mentioned your upbringing, and I know that feeling, man. We we were all broke, but we were raised in such loving situations. I, you know, our generation of parents didn't. They didn't. They didn't let us realize how broke we were. You know, we just thought we. You know what I'm saying? So, and we wake up and we way? Wow, we was broke. But tell us a bit about that. Your upbringing and and how that inspired you to do what you're doing to actually serve and 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 what are your inspirations who are your inspirations well
2: thank you for the chance um you know i I come from the hood as as i mentioned i never thought i'd be in politics i'm doing this out of survival Uh, i come from a really big family so i'm one of over 70 grandkids i've stopped counting so i'm not exaggerating here my my grandparents had 11 biologically and then they opened their home to foster care So for over 40 years, they were bringing children into their home and and essentially grandma's house was the community center. You know, if you needed something to eat, you could come there to get it. My granddad fought for desegregation in the city, told me about my history, which is why I'm, I'm able to stand the way I do now. My ancestors were enslaved in Kentucky. My ancestors were lynched in Kentucky. I understand the story of the work that we have to do and honestly. The thing that led me into public service was really being pissed off. Um, I, I saw my mom going without eating to feed me, my super shero. You know, I saw cousins getting murdered. I've had cousins murdered the last five years. I've had five cousins murdered in five years. And I have three daughters, my bosses, and, and I'm trying to make sure that the future is ready for their brilliance. You know, so I, I got an urgency about me that requires me to do this now. And I, and I mentioned type 1 diabetes. I've had to ration my insulin. I couldn't afford it at times. I I chose feeding my daughters over my insulin. And a lot of people, whether they Republican or independent or Democrat, they know what that's about. And so I'm taking this stand now because I know what the struggle is about, but I also know we can move it out of the way. That's where my faith comes in. And so I'm standing in the truth that we are more than conquerors and that if we do lean into our common bonds of love and unity and family, these values that aren't partisan, We can win races because this is bigger than winning races. And the support that I'm seeing from people that voted for Trump, people that never voted before, it's so inspiring because there's proof that we can do different things. We can tell a new story. You didn't know about me coming from the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and, and a lot of folks may not have thought this was possible in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, but I'm excited to prove
1: a lot of people wrong. And, and you certainly will brother yeah i appreciate that story how how moving and I, y'all we got to be clear now this brother is one of 70 grandchildren raised by grandparents who have had a so so that's why you you have a collective vision in me. Mean, you couldn't help it right it right? wasn't no such thing as so uh, selfishness yeah, yeah I have a clearly choice. not in your culture yeah, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> you don't have no choice but to do what you've been doing you yeah. know well well god bless your family and your grandparents and god bless your children brother we uh um folks if you can't tell i'm just gonna say it right now I, I endorse charles booker so anybody who listens to me if i carry any weight in the world you tell them and let me tell you something else too even if you don't live in kentucky we all know somebody i know folk in kentucky folk need to uh folk in louisville especially we need to get behind this brother and support him and those of you who aren't there can help with phone banking at some point uh, you need some money, too, brother. Don't you need some money? We we do. We do. We <laughs> get, getting rid of Rand Paul is going to be of national significance. How, how, um, I'm asking you in a, in a race like that with him. Yeah. Like how much money are we talking about? How much is he going to how much how big of a financial piece? How, how many millions of dollars are we talking about? You know, well, he's funded by corporations.
2: And, and so, you know, we've already seen them pumping millions into this race. Okay. They are afraid of my candidacy because they know what we're doing. When I launched my campaign, Rand Paul sent out an email calling me a racial left candidate. Uh, That's a new one. Um, But you know what I'm seeing on our side? We are going to build a campaign that focuses on deep organizing, issue-based, relational organizing, building community. You know, we're looking to raise around 30 million in this campaign. And the thing is, we want to invest the majority of it right into the ground. So once we win this race, We've set up ourselves to win local races and state races and and just help folks organize for change in their community. So this really is an investment in the future of our country, because this model of political engagement, honestly, is what democracy is supposed to mean. And I'm asking people all over the country to join us in this work. Go to charlesbooker.org, sign up with us, uh, help us with volunteering, give what you can. This is
1: important. And we got to do it now charlesbooker.com is that right uh, dot org i'm sorry that dot charlesbooker.org yes, folks sir. go there and you know small dollar donations make a difference absolutely don't wait to do it right now don't wait till the last minute i, I take it too that this is going to be more of a ground game than an air game right i mean a lot of folks spend a whole lot of money on television but you 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 got to have a ground game don't you
2: that's right that's right we're putting our money into the ground. Um, That's the only way things will change, you know, in in any movement, which it has to be a movement. This has to be a sustained effort. We saw people protesting once Brianna's door was busted down. They stayed in the streets for over a year. And I was with them, but then my response was as well, let's turn this pain into long-term change and make sure we're in the halls where decisions are being made as well. And so, you know, this is about organizing, we're going to do the work. And we're inspiring new leaders across Kentucky, from the hood to the holler.
1: Since you brought up Brianna, is 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 there any progress there? I mean, we're still looking for accountability. Is there any chance that that will ever come?
2: You know, the journey is really far for us. We have not seen justice. I I stood in the Capitol rotunda and said that justice has failed us. We aren't seen in this system, you know, and and that still remains you know the uh doj has been doing an investigation um you know and and our local leaders have been pushing for more accountability but at the same time we have these structural issues that we're not dealing with and we criminalize we criminalize poverty you know we we haven't really been doing the work and that's still real you know i look at what happened in the uh the conversations around what led to Ahmad arbori's Uh, Ultimate the the decision to finally render some degree of accountability for the loss, the murder of this young man, and the fact that it took so much effort, so much organizing to even get to that point, lets you know we got a long way to go. And so, you know, justice and policing, really having true reform, I say we need to fully fund community safety, which means that we are investing in all of the things that keep communities safe, instead of just saying, "Hey, police." You go solve all the problems because men and women in uniform will tell you that don't work. They know it don't work. So that's what's before us now. And that's that's
1: also part of the Kentucky New Deal, making that real investment in people. Kentucky New Deal, y'all Charles um, My brother, again, God bless you and your family. Thank you for your dedication. Thank you for your service. We look forward to seeing you being sworn into the Senate. Folks, he needs our support. So let's get behind him. I'm supporting him. I hope all of you will as well. No one listen to my show. I know supports Rand Paul anyway. Uh, he's a mess. Uh, so let's and supposed to be a doctor attacking Doctor Fauci. you isn't that crazy? So let's let's do put all we all the effort we. And this Charles, this won't be the last time we talk. We're gonna have him back, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna God promote his campaign. If we got to go down there, we are gonna do that. I'm all in. Uh Come on, <laughs> from the hood to the holler. Charles, Barr- he he's still with me in the past. We went to Capitol right. I look forward to marching with him again, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Charles, we thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been Made Plain.